Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, on this episode of Games with Bill, we are going to be talking about Breath of the Wild 2, when it is coming out. We'll also talk about Final Fantasy XIV, why you can't play it, why you can't buy it, and Final Fantasy VII, what you need to play it and where you can buy it. Plus, Ubisoft is bringing back a game that I think a lot of people have been hoping for, and it sounds like it's going to be really fun. Let's get started. Let's start with Breath of the Wild 2 news. I am super hyped for this game. My favorite game of all time is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which came out almost five years ago, and I've been speculating it's coming soon for a really long time. My most recent speculation would be that it's coming on March 3rd, which would be five years to the day from the previous game, and it would be kind of a nice little end cap. However, Recently at the Game Awards, they did have a little brief snippet of games that we're going to play on the Nintendo Switch in 2022. One of the games that they showed off was Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. So I think that Nintendo is fairly confident that they're going to be able to get it to come out in 2022. The answer, or the question, I mean, is when? And the answer uh, probably is not what I was hoping for. Now, I was hoping for it to come out on the five-year anniversary. However, they recently moved Advance Wars 1 and 2. Uh, it was supposed to come out this year. It got delayed until next year, and I believe it's coming out like two weeks before the five-year anniversary for Breath of the Wild. So having a game get completely eclipsed by Breath of the Wild 2, probably not the best idea even if it is like an anniversary or something like that. Uh, But what's more likely, or at least what seems likely now, is that it's coming out in November. Why are we saying November? Well, two reasons. Number one, holiday sales. Number two, uh, this is coming from a uh, quote from Per Schneider. If you don't know who Per Schneider is, uh, he's actually been on the show a couple of times. Uh, He is a founder over at IGN. He is the host, or one of the hosts of Nintendo Voice Chat, which is IGN's Nintendo podcast, and he is a super, super nice guy. Uh, Per Schneider was speaking on Nintendo Voice Chat, and he was talking about he had spoken to some people at Nintendo, and here's the actual quote that he said. I think that will probably change next November when we are playing Breath of the Wild 2. Now, Per Schneider is a professional, and unless he has been told that he can say something by Nintendo... He's not going to say it. Uh, He's not going to leak information because that's going to get him cut off from his sources at Nintendo. So either A, it's complete speculation, although that speculation makes a lot of sense, or B, Nintendo told him this and told him that he could say it. I think the likelihood of him just letting something slip is very, very slim to none because Pear, like I said before, is a professional. When do you think Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out? Let me know either in the comments down below or 
hit me up on Twitter. I'm a huge fan of Image Inform games. They make some really, really cool games like, like the SteamWorld series. And if you've never played the SteamWorld series, absolutely, you want to try these out. Get, get them and play them on whatever platform you can because they're incredibly fun games. And each one has its own genre. Now, outside of the SteamWorld games, I'm unaware of any games that Image Inform games has made. So I was really surprised when they showed off the gunk uh, for, I think it's available for PC and Microsoft or or, uh, Xbox. I played it on my Xbox. I just finished the game about, I don't know, like an hour ago or so. And I really, really liked it. It was a really good, short experience. If you've been watching my content for any length of time, you know that I personally have an incredibly short attention span. And so finishing a game is not something that I do often. This game felt like it was just the right length to tell the story that it wanted to tell and to give me access to a really um, well-crafted and uh, interesting gameplay loop. So let's talk about the gameplay loop real quick. The way that the game works is you go into a new area And as you go into a new area, there's going to be a bunch of gunk everywhere. Uh, And don't worry about spoilers. I'm not going to spoil anything. You've got like this weird robot arm on your arm for some reason, and it has a big vacuum on it. And you can use that vacuum to vacuum up all of the gunk. Nobody knows where the gunk actually ends up going, but it disappears. And then once you've cleaned the area the plants kind of come back to life and you can use those plants in order to create platforms or use the plants as platforms or solve puzzles. Uh, and that's base, That's the basic gameplay loop for the entire game. Uh, very, very simple platforming, very, very simple puzzle solving, um, but really satisfying and really fun. I will tell you this. Uh, your little robot arm also has a scanner and uh, I didn't use that as much as I should have. And something that I, uh, maybe I missed it, or maybe the game just doesn't tell you this uh, in an obvious way. It wasn't probably until halfway through the game that I figured it out that as you scan more things, it's going to fill up a little bar on the bottom of the UI. And when you fill up that bar on the bottom of the UI, you will unlock a new upgrade for your equipment. And so the more stuff you scan, the more upgrades that you can then get. I'm sure that I did not scan enough stuff in order to unlock all of the equipment, but I was still able to finish the game. So uh, let's talk about the equipment that you can get. You can get a thing that shoots out a little beam of light from your um, arm thing. You can get something that makes your hands a little bit stronger so you can grab a hold of stuff and pull hard in order to break things. Uh, You can get something that when you vacuum up some gunk, it gives you a little speed boost. And there's a bunch of other upgrades that you can get along the way. Overall, uh, it's it's really satisfying. And um, I I kind of felt like it had the the bones to be a Metroidvania-style game where I could go back once I unlocked some things and find more places. But I ended up not really doing that. It really felt like more of a linear game. Um, I'd say it's probably, I don't know, three or four hours. If you're a normal person, it probably took me four or five hours because I 
I go slow and get distracted. The game is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, one of the prettiest games that I've played in recent years. Uh, all of the plant life in the game seems like it has some kind of bioluminescence. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And the animations, uh, the, the art design, and everything about this game is very, very pretty. And I especially like that there's no UI to speak of when you are wandering around in the world just looking at stuff. There's nothing on the screen to distract you from how pretty the game is. So if you're looking for something very quick uh, to you know sit down, play for a couple of days, and be done with it, uh, the Gunk is definitely a recommendation from me. And if you are a, a Microsoft uh, Game Pass subscriber, then guess what? You already paid for the game, so you may as well download it and try it out. Speaking of things that you may or may not have already paid for and being able to download them, uh, there's a reason that fans of Final Fantasy XIV have a deep respect for Yoshi P. He is the game director of Final Fantasy XIV, and that's because he treats the players with respect. Uh, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because they've just done something really great uh, they said, we are not going to sell anybody who doesn't have the game already the game. Like, you literally cannot buy Final Fantasy XIV right now. And somebody might hear that and be like, well, why would they do that? Well, they're doing that because right now the cues to play the game are absolutely ridiculous. Right now, speaking right now, my favorite MMO is Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, I've been having an absolute blast with it when I can play it. But a lot of times I just can't play it. And that's because so many people are trying to play. So first off, let's talk about why that is. Uh, earlier this year, some very big World of Warcraft streamers started playing Final Fantasy and they realized how great it was. And so, of course, their audiences started playing the game and it it gained this huge surge in popularity that it had never had before. And a lot of people left World of Warcraft and started playing uh, Final Fantasy XIV instead, which is really cool. When you combine that with the, um, the, the newest expansion, Endwalker, just releasing a couple of weeks ago, that makes it so that the number of people who are trying to play the game is way higher than ever before. And then you combine that with the idea that nobody anywhere can get their hands on enough computer chips in order to do what they need to do. The Final Fantasy team, uh, they actually had to take like their dev servers and put those online so that people could log in and play. And even then, that didn't really solve the problem. And you know that when the devs are like, hey, this hardware that we use only for testing and development, we've got to use that now so that our customers can can play the game that we made. You know that they're desperate. And basically what's going on is there's just, there's not enough hardware out there. So Final Fantasy 14 can't like spin up new servers because that's just not going to work for them. And so there's, everybody's trying to log in and they, the world can only hold so many people at a time. So what happens is they start a queue. They start a line. And everybody gets in line. But then that line, you know, comes out the door and around the block and around another block and around another block. And then finally, uh, nobody knows who's 
who's um you know first in place and so the queue just breaks down and it starts booting everybody out of the queue with the dreaded 2002 error now uh when this first started happening uh uh, Yoshi P, uh, like he did this post over at the Final Fantasy XIV uh, official place where they post stuff, and he basically said, "Hey, look, we we're sorry. There's nothing that we can really do about it except for make sure that you don't get charged for how much for the time that you're unable to play. I've been able to log in only after sitting in queue for a couple of hours each time that I've been able to log in. There's been times where I've sat in queue, finally been able to log in and been like, I don't have time to play anymore, so I have to log back out. Now, when you're in the game, it works great. But getting into the game is nearly impossible. So that seven days of free time that they were giving us, they've now extended that to 21, and they've said, we are no longer selling the game to anybody new until we get everything under control and i think that that is really really awesome and you know kudos to the final fantasy 14 team for doing the right thing by their customers because i mean i'm not surprised because the final fantasy 14 team has always done the right thing by their customers ever since yoshi p took over the team from the disastrous launch of the original final fantasy 14 online game uh, and then they relaunched with A Realm Reborn and kind of fixed everything. It's just been getting better and better each and every time. So if uh, if you've never played Final Fantasy XIV, uh, now's not the time to go out and, and try it. But once all of the server issues are fixed, definitely try that game out. One of the games that uh, th- that a lot of people are interested in is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Now, if you don't have a PS4 or a PS5, you've been unable to play that game. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything from that game. I really liked what I did play, but then I got distracted by shiny things and never got back to it. Um, But Final Fantasy VII Remake, really good, actually. Really, really good. However, it just got announced at the Game Awards that it was coming to... Uh, PC. Now, first off, cool. Um, Secondly, not cool because it's exclusive to the Epic Games Store, and you guys know how I feel about exclusivity. It's always lame whenever there's exclusivity. Not a fan of that, but, you know, now people who only have a PC will be able to play it. It's not like it's going to cost them anything extra to play it on that store instead of the store that they prefer, but it's just kind of irritating. However, the price is $70. And I feel like if you ask most people who play PC games, a lot of people would, if you ask them, what are the benefits of playing a PC game? A lot of them would say, well, one of those benefits is that the games tend to be cheaper. And that's always kind of been true. When when games went from 50 bucks up to 60 bucks, they kind of stayed at 50 bucks on PC. And when games went from 60 to 70, okay, I'm okay with them going up to 60, but $70 is, like, that's a lot of money for a video game. Like, and look, somebody might say, well, you know, the argument against, the argument against me complaining about $70 for a video game is that games have become more and more expensive to make. True. 
Absolutely true. In fact, I think I've probably made this, um, I've made this uh, argument in the past. Uh, games have become more and more expensive to make, and in addition to that, the cost of the games has not risen with the uh, the inflation over time. So games technically are cheaper than they've ever been before. But at the same time, the gaming companies are making so much money, like ridiculous amounts of money on gaming. They wouldn't be making games if they weren't making tons of money on games. You know what I mean? So how do you, how, how do you, uh, I don't know, um, balance that those two things? The fact that Games are more expensive to make now. Like, game prices haven't caught up with inflation. Why shouldn't they raise the game? Well, because they're also selling to so many more people, and they don't really have cartridges to worry about anymore. It's just bits uh, on the internet. And so raising the price just kind of feels greedy. And I, I understand that maybe you disagree with me. Maybe you think it's cool for them to charge 70 bucks, but... Square Enix isn't like they're hurting. Like, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. And so I'm pretty disappointed that uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake on PC is going to cost $70. That's that's kind of sad. Uh, especially because it's one of the games that I wanted to buy on uh, uh, to play on my Steam Deck. Now, speaking of that, I don't know if that's going to be possible because they also announced the minimum requirements. Uh, in order to play Final Fantasy VII. So let, let me tell you what those minimum requirements are. Uh, minimum requirements, Intel Core i5-3330 AMD FX8350. Uh, 8 gigs of memory, 100 gigs of storage, DirectX 12 or later. Your graphics card needs to be a GTX 780 or more powerful or a Radeon RX 480 with 3 gigs of VRAM. Now that's the minimum specs. The recommended specs are Intel i7-3770, Ryzen 3 3100, 12 gigs of memory, um, graphics GTX 1080 or Radeon RX 5700 with 8 gigs of VRAM. And if you want to have, uh, you know, the, the quote-unquote best experience, you want to have like 120 hertz display because apparently on the PC... You can hit 120 hertz if you've got the correct hardware for it. All right, all that sounds really, really great. On a recent episode of On Deck, which is uh, my podcast about the Steam Deck, I talked about one of the five first games that I'm going to install. One of those was going to be Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't know, those those hardware requirements seem kind of high, and um, by all accounts, it's not very well optimized, which is not a huge surprise because outside of Final Fantasy XIV, Square tends to do a terrible job with PC ports, in my opinion. This is just my opinion. Uh, so maybe you disagree with me. That's totally fine. Let me know in the comments down below or hit me up on Twitter. Uh, but I think that that's kind of disappointing, and I'm a little bit sad about that. Here's something I'm not sad about, and that is Splinter Cell. Looks like it might be making a comeback. If you've never played the Splinter Cell games... Uh, basically they are stealth games where you're like a stealth assassin kind of guy and you got to go in, sneak around, knock it seen and take dudes out. I've played, I think two of them. I don't remember which two they were. One of them had a really cool multiplayer mode where it was like the spies versus the soldiers. And it was very 
asynchronous because you know the soldiers had different abilities than the spies did very very cool uh multiplayer mode but the single player mode was also really fun and ubisoft recently announced that they were making a new splinter cell game and it was using the snowdrop engine which is the same engine that powers the division 2 and a lot of people heard that and got worried no need to worry why were they worried first of all bill well here's why they were worried they were worried because the division 2 is like this open world game and if you look at the games that ubisoft tends to ship they they have like a formula that they like to stick to they love the open world games with lots of little points on the map for you to go and explore and find and that's cool but not every game needs to be like that well luckily luckily Ubisoft, I think it was Montreal or Toronto, I can't remember, um, whichever one, they said, yes, it's using the Snowdrop engine, but it is not an open world game. It is a traditional stealth game, uh, just just like the series has always been, very linear, focused on the stealth. I think that that's awesome. I'm excited for it. Probably going to be a while before we actually get our hands on this, but um, the you know the times that I've played Splinter Cell games... I've had an absolute blast with, and so I'm definitely looking forward to that. And the Snowdrop engine is really powerful, and some of the games that I've played that use it are absolutely some of the most beautiful games that I've ever played. So definitely a game that I am excited for. Uh, That is the new Splinter Cell game whenever it gets here. All right, that's it for the show. Let me know what you think of the stories down below. Uh, If you are hyped for Breath of the Wild 2. When do you think it's going to be coming out? Have you been having trouble playing Final Fantasy 14 yourself? Have you played Gunk? Are you picking up Final Fantasy 7 Remake? And are you excited for the new Splinter Cell? Let me know in the comments down below or at me on Twitter. As always, I'm Bill. Make sure you subscribe and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>